0: Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2011, and this is Radio Wave.
1: Service, I'm Robert John. Jesse the Body Ventura wrestles again. Jesse the Body Ventura, former pro wrestler and former governor of Minnesota, is back in the ring again. But this time, his match is with the Department of Homeland Security and the Transportation Security Administration. Ventura is suing these two agencies for their full body scans and pat-downs at airport security checkpoints stating that the measures they are now using violate his right to freedom from unreasonable searches and seizures. Flying under the banner of protecting Americans from terrorism, the Department of Homeland Security and the Transportation Security Administration have, going on several years now, made the security measures at checkpoints increasingly invasive to travelers. The most recent and most invasive procedure employed by these agencies is a full-body scanner that essentially shows a traveler's entire body to the person performing the scan as if they were not wearing any clothes. When asked what he thought about the full-body scans, Joseph Natius of the Coalition to Save America stated, quote, These new scans are a serious violation of Christian purity and I am disgusted with it. There is absolutely no need for such an invasive procedure. At what point do we draw the line? Americans are handing over their freedoms by the bucketful, having the completely wrong mentality of, protect me at any cost. Why are we always asking the government or some agency or somebody else to take care of us or to protect us to such a level that it violates Christian morality? What has happened to people's sense of how far is too far? We are travelling down a very slippery slope here, and at some point we won't be able to turn back. What most don't realize is that personal holiness, which if truly lived by most citizens, becomes holiness throughout the nation, and that is our best protection." End quote. When asked what travelers should do when they are told they must submit to such a scan at an airport, Nacia stated, quote, you just simply refuse to do the body scan. If they tell you that you have to do it, tell them you reject body scans for religious reasons. They must do the conventional search." Quote. Our Lady said on February 25, 1992, Dear children, today I invite you to draw still closer to God through prayer. Only that way will I be able to help you and to protect you from every attack of Satan. I am with you, and I intercede for you with God, that He protect you. But I need your prayers and your yes. You get lost easily in material and human things, and forget that God is your greatest friend. Therefore, my dear little children, draw close to God, so He may protect you and guard you from every evil. Thank you for having responded to my call. This is the MEDGE Network Information Service. War on the Cross Since the time of Jesus' crucifixion, there has been a war against the cross, and that war is now being fought overtly in America's courts as well as courts across the world. From crosses that have stood for decades, such as the Mount Soledad Cross placed in California in the Mount Soledad National Veterans Memorial in 1913, and crosses that mark the spot where a motorist was killed on the roadside all are under attack atheists and liberal groups in america are suing to have such roadside memorial crosses and other publicly displayed crosses taken down and in many cases the atheists and liberals are winning some americans however recognizing that america is truly a christian nation built on the principles of christ are fighting back the Alliance Defense Fund is one organization that fights for the cross in these court cases. Byron Babioni, a senior legal counsel for the Alliance Defense Fund, stated that many of the people who bring such cases to court have as their aim the complete removal of religious symbols from the public realm. Babioni states, quote, they are hostile to religion, so they want to bend and shape the courts to do that. It's frankly unconstitutional an un-American. With her Medjugorje messages, Our Lady directly contradicts this war against the cross. She said on July thirtieth, nineteen eighty-seven, some people don't even want to hear about Jesus, but they still want peace and satisfaction. On September twelfth, nineteen eighty-five, Our Lady said, "Pray especially before the crucifix, from which great graces are coming." Now, in your homes, make a special consecration to the crucifix. Promise that you will neither offend Jesus nor abuse the crucifix. From the Medj Network Information Service, I'm Robert John.
2: This is Medjagoria.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. It is not as one thinks. It is covered with sorrow. Its pain often wishes for death to alleviate it. Its tunnel is dark, many times relying on wisdom as the only way to course through it. Its situation will tempt one to wonder, is it worth it? It contains such bitterness that all who have experienced it sought not to go through its depths. Its greatness is measured in its level of intensity of sorrow it brings. It is grief. Its path is covered with snares and traps, and many do not make it. Its tears are not of the eyes, but of the heart. It defines woe, to the deepest meaning for the one who reaches its peak. Its summit, once scaled, having passed through its purifying requirements, brings clarity, vision, and jubilation. For once reached, it is the height of crushing defeat, the measurement of which its depths determines the measurement of its heights. Jesus formed its sign with two wooden
0: beams it is victory come to Caritas of Birmingham a place in which Mary Queen of Peace of Medjugorje has promised to carry all your intentions before God's throne Our Lady said when you will suffer difficulties and need something come to me For one day or for one week, experience Medjugorje, brought home to you. Come to the mother who is here to help you. Caritas of Birmingham. For directions, call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje.
3: Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and today is the second of the month. It is the day that Our Lady gives a message to the world for non believers through Mariana, one of the six visionaries of Medjugorje. As we go into this broadcast tonight and we explore this message with a friend of Medjugorje, we ask that wherever you are in your work or at home, that you pause for a few moments and you collect yourself, collect your soul, collect your heart in prayer as we turn Radio
4: Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. And this is what Our Lady asked: is to pray unceasingly. Of course, we could say St. Paul said the same thing, but society is far more graver and more devastating to the soul than it was even back then. Yes, we had people going to... Perdition! Yes, we had great sin, but we've got high-tech sin, sin manufactured. Abortion's on the assembly line, and the list goes on and on and on. And we've got the Christians who are not able unable to, to stop it. Why? Because we're no longer the salt we should be. We're not able to preserve society. And we're at fault. That's the number one principle of our Lady's messages. Is that first, she's come to convert those who think they're converted. Once you convert, you realize you need conversion, and that process is a process that happens every day for the rest of your life. And as you grow a year later, you realize that you're at fault. As you pray the 54 day novena, and the meditations of the sorrowful Mysteries, when you realize aghast, you're there at the crucifixion. You're there taunting Jesus through your sins. I right, gives us a sensitivity through her messages to begin to see who we really are. And with that and humility, we begin to see who Jesus really himself is. And when you see that, you begin to see who the Holy Virgin Mary is and the great gift of which is such that we should be praying unceasingly in gratitude that she came today, spoke to us, gave us guidance, gave us a message that will help those who pass through the time of the Antichrist all the way down to the last man who draws the last breath upon the earth. These messages are that roadmap and that guide. Echoing the scriptures to modern man to help modern man understand these ancient writings I'm not speaking ancient writings of the Old Testament. I'm speaking ancient writings of the New Testament They're nearly 2,000 years old or over over or at 2,000 years old and we don't understand them anymore And we had somebody who has to come here to be the teacher to put us in her school to make us realize what condition the world is in. And this message today reflects that, reflects something very disturbing at the same time. And of course, when a lady gave the message to Mariana this morning, our lady was sad the entire time given the message. And we'll explore some of those reasons why she may have been so sad. So, Joan, why don't you go ahead and read the second of the month, message for the world, and then on the day of non-believers, of course.
3: Our Lady of Medjugorje's March 2nd, 2011 message on the day for nonbelievers. Dear children, my motherly heart suffers tremendously as I look at my children who persistently put what is human before what is of God. At my children who despite everything that surrounds them and despite all the signs that are sent to them. think that they can walk without my son. They cannot. They are walking to eternal perdition. That is why I am gathering you, who are ready to open your heart to me, you who are ready to be apostles of my love, to help me, so that by living God's love, you may be an example to those who do not know it. May fasting and prayer give you strength in that. And I bless you with the motherly blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you.
4: And, of course, those last words were really striking. Not this thank you for, or thank you, rather. But who is this that's coming that says, with the authority of God the Father and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, I've never seen that before in a message. We don't know if the visionaries have heard it themselves before, but it's not in any public messages. Twenty fifth, the private messages in the beginning, where a lady said these words. And where she's saying, "I'm coming in the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, my Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, who was conceived the Son." I think there's something very significant to that. We'll know more as time goes by what it may be. But years ago, in the beginning of Days of Medjugorje, and we knew that Our Lady blessed everybody in every apparition, that it was seemingly insignificant. It was just something Our Lady did. Okay, you want to bless your children, the priest blesses you, you know, the routine of it. But one priest in the beginning realized that there's something so significant to this blessing, a blessing of which we can't comprehend this as breath, how big it is, how big it's impacting. I think it's exorcistic. I think this blessing every day is driving evil, mad. And you say, how can that be? Because a lady saving a message in the beginning days once it said, now when Satan loses his power, he's become more aggressive. How you can become more aggressive if you're losing power? Well, if you've seen somebody get arrested before, they're dominated by the authority of the police, but they can go rabies or ravage. I've seen that several times. And most people have in their life on the streets or someplace. And so it is you corner a dog in the corner. Well, he may not be just growling at you. He's going to bite back. So Satan is losing his power. But at the same time, how do we reconcile that with January 1st, 2000, When now when Satan is unchained? When Maria heard this message from her lady. This was shocking. But at the same time, Satan still is losing his power. Because his blessing every day does something and has some kind of Effect. It's the cause. And where there's a cause, there's an effect that results. And we see holiness growing. We're seeing things changing. We're seeing a body of believers gathered into apostleship. You're one. If you're following our lady, I'm one. Those in the studio here, those here in the community here are apostles. We say missionaries, but Ali's only said being a missionary in my message is one time. She says, be an apostle Close probably to eight to ten times, if not that many. So I'm an apostle. I accept that. Do you accept it? You don't if you want to give your whole life to everything I give and does, and that you want to be on your knees when this apparition takes place because of you getting blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. You can bet that something gravely significant and magnificently significant to this blessing, doesn't matter if you're aware of it, doesn't matter if you follow it, doesn't matter where you're going with it, it happens, and it happens every day. That Our Lady appears, and will happen tomorrow when she appears. The other thing I think with this message is uh, incredible is about the human way that Our Lady talks about and uh, persistently we follow.
3: Well, I had a question about that. When Our Lady uh, says, put what is human before what is of God, it's not necessarily, and this is what I'm asking you, that it's a bad thing or an evil thing that she's talking about. But is it, is it more that we're putting human things before God, and that's what is causing us to go down the wrong path or the wrong way?
4: Well, Our Lady once gave a message that she know human love, but you do not know God's love. Everything on Valentine's Day is about human love. Everything about the world is love for cars, love for money, love for relationships, love for, for uh, your children. Human love, I'm speaking of. There's a proper love for your children. There's a proper love for your spouse. You cannot love your spouse greater than loving God first. There was a song out years ago, we need to look it up, that uh, I love you second. And what that means, basically, if you do that and you put God first and loving God in the first place, you'll love the spouse in the second place greater than if you put that spouse first. Greater will be the love. It's far superior than this attachment. So the human be what we put, what he says, persistently put what is human before what is of God. Any attachment you have, that could be your spouse. It's nothing more beautiful than a couple to be married for 50 years. Or 36 years like I've been married to my wife. But I want her first love to be God, first lady, first Jesus. And I know I'm secure in better love than more love through that means than if she was in adoration of me. Yes, you want your spouse to respect you. You want to love. You want to know that, that, that each other is the number one. In that regard but not at the expense of Spirit of God. And this is where a lot of strife comes into marriage and, and relationships because people actually get jealous of their newly conversion and people following our lady. We've seen this. We've got spiritual distance in the marriage. Some marriages are broken up over this. You know, to get married to somebody is not uh, because you love them is the worst reason. I, I saw this when I was a teenager. I didn't want to marry somebody because I loved them. I want to marry him because I like him. My wife and I dated for two weeks, and I said, I'm not ready to get married for four years, so I don't want to just date you. And she didn't believe it. But we got married four years later, because if you like somebody, you can learn to love them, and you can decide to love them, because the lady also says love is a decision. But I know people that love each other, but they don't like each other, and they're miserable. If you like somebody, it's a Christian commandment to love your neighbor, How much more so will you love by natural means of attraction to that, if you like them? So we've got all this off base because we look at love in a human way. And we bleed because of that. We injured because of that. We need healing for that. Where does non-believers come from? The visionaries told us that people learn to love God, and non-believers are those who never known the love of God. And the visionaries say that the exchange between the husband and wife's love is where they learn to love God. Is that not genius? Is that not a beautiful statement? So the love between the husband and wife is where the children learn to love God the Father. The more the husband and wife love each other in the proper exchange of this love and commitment and loving God, the more that is transmitted to them in accepting God the Father a lot of it comes back to the father, the image that the mother makes of the father, even if he's not the greatest father. That image she paints, makes, and sees, despite faults for the spouse, each, whatever spouse, is how the child learns. Your non-believers come from this failure, for the most part. So, when our lady talks today about human things, it's relationships. It's not just things. It's money. You know, relationships things money all this that disappoints you when you put them before god you perpetuate non-belief and non-believers because by your example to all those who look up to you you influence them toward that way an improper unhealthy attachment to things or relationships that don't help you the best divorce to have is right when you before you get married with somebody that's what we always tell people. We do 54 Daniel Venus here because if, if you're going to get separated, we want that to happen before you get married. That's all I want allowed. And so we have this disease in the family today. And the family's bleeding, it's hurting, it needs healing. And had people stopped long enough to realize, am I putting that love for that person before God? And, and we hear all the time, I, I love this person, they're not Catholic or they're not unbeliever. What are you getting yourself into? Misery. You'll bleed for that. So it's important to realize what it takes to be healed from these things. And be a thing or be in a human relationship, we need to really just stop, stop our heart from falling for these things and really go toward the hand of God and seek this healing. When that happens, everything will work out.
5: Everywhere I go, you're there There's gotta be some place where I can give my heart a break But you are up and down, all around, like air All I really need is a little bit of distance but here you are again, breaking down my resistance Stop my heart from holding on to someone I should never have believed in Stop my hands from reaching Stop my tears from rolling like a river on a rainy day So. doesn't get easier no matter how much time goes by. I've been just pretending I don't care. I've got to get past the point where I get tangled up and hide. Anytime I see you A disaster They say I'm gonna heal But I gotta do it faster Stop my heart From holding on To someone I should never have Believed in Stop my hands From reaching Stop my tears From rolling Someone stop the bleeding. It's time to start the healing.
3: Going back to this word that she used, this the word "human." She. I understand about what you're saying about making the right choices, and and that you can, you can have human love rather than God's love. But at the same time, she puts this in such a serious, serious um, way by saying that in doing this, you are walking to eternal perdition. In what way does Choosing human love over God's love paved that path?
4: Well, you come, <clears throat> your adoration is for that individual or that thing or whatever it may be, the, the, the technology or whatever it may be that's affecting you in the world. The want of it, the thing is just a dead thing. The relationship is just like anything else, it's how you, you do it. It's just like the story we've told so often about the monk who was jealous of the bishop's castle with and he was walking by one day with his dog, and he looks up at the castle and says that bishop in his castle in the castle, and the he hears God speak to him and says, "You're more attached to that dog than the bishop is to his castle. The innate want is the danger. I want for a necessity is nothing dangerous. I want even for something that could be a title or something of luxury is not dangerous. But when the want becomes in you have to do whatever it has. You you spend money that you don't have. You have out and borrow money for things. Or you spend excessively. Now, I was talking to somebody a while back that's, that has a friend that has a a, a, a it's not in a yacht, it's a ship. A billionaire it has so much money that they, uh, he, they spend $200,000 a week just to keep somebody staffed on this thing. He goes out every weekend. He's in his 80s and he spends uh, $3 million a weekend. You can't do that. I don't care if you got the money or not. The billion dollars is not a problem. But God didn't give you that, and God did give this to them. You said what well, came to the skills of intellect. God gave that to them. They profited from what God gave them. How did they use it? But it's scary. It's scary to be 80 years old and still not contemplating your mortality and what our lady just says and how she was sad all day. You know, they cannot. They're walking to eternal perdition. It's real frightening. Uh, I know I pulled Sister Faustina's thing on the writing today. I, Joe, maybe you should read that uh, of her seeing hell and this message. And all his sadness, of course, his grief. Her mother suffers tremendously as she looks at her children who persistently put what is human before what is of God. Well, if they're all going to make it to heaven, she'd be happy. But she says that my children, who despite everything that surrounds them and despite all the signs that are sent to them, they think they can walk without my son. They cannot. They're walking to eternal perdition. What is hell? What is perdition? I don't think I've ever read, and I've come back to this through the years, of Sister Fastina, she wrote in a diary of what really hell is like. Uh, the visionaries won't hardly talk about it. Mariana can't speak about her view, her her seeing Satan. Yakov will refuse to speak about it. Even the description of hell is so bad. But Sister Faustina said she was commanded by God to say what she saw in hell.
3: Today I was led by an angel to the chasm of hell. It is a place of great torture. How awesomely large! And extensive it is the kinds of tortures I saw the first torture that constitutes hell is the loss of God the second is perpetual remorse of conscience the third is that one's condition will never change the fourth is the fire that will penetrate the soul without destroying it a terrible suffering since it is a purely spiritual fire lit by God's anger. The fifth torture is continual darkness and a terrible, suffocating smell. And despite the darkness, the devils and the souls of the damned see each other and all the evil, both of others and their own. The sixth torture is the constant company of Satan, The seventh torture is horrible despair, hatred of God, vile words, curses, and blasphemies. These are the tortures suffered by all the damned together, but that is not the end of the sufferings. There are special tortures destined for particular souls. These are the torments of the senses. Each soul undergoes terrible and indescribable sufferings related to the manner in which it has sinned. There are caverns and pits of torture where one form of agony differs from another. I would have died at the very sight of these tortures if the omnipotence of God had not supported me. Let the sinner know that he will be tortured throughout all eternity in those senses which he made use of to sin. I am writing this at the command of God so that no soul may find an excuse by saying there is no hell or that nobody has ever been there and so no one can say what it is like.
4: So you see, Our Lady says, My mother, heart suffers tremendously and we think in heaven there's no suffering. What is it like for a mother to see her torture she had to go through for Jesus to pay the price and people reject that. There'll be a day of joy when hell's sealed up and purgatory is sealed, is, is, is disappears. The universe is heaven and hell. But of all these tortures, of all these things, it says the worst to me, which really is striking. Uh, Mar- Maria once told me in the beginning days that she saw someone going to hell. If you have a 17-year-old, and we see our 17-year-old girls here, and you, you look at them, when you're 17, you think you're more like a duck. When I look at a 17-year-old now, it looks like a baby. It's hard for me to contemplate a 17-year-old going into hell. And yet Maria saw a beautiful, blonde-headed girl fall into hell, 17 years old. And upon the touch of the flame, she turned into an unknown beast, something she'd never, that doesn't exist on the earth. But all this Sister Faustina, and Sister Faustina is a saint, A saint, someone who's been canonized by the church for the saint of the holiness and truth. So we can take in truth that this is what Sister Faustina saw. And of course, it was John Paul who was the instigator to have her canonized. But of all these writings, one thing that might, of her description of hell, one thing may pass over that you don't really catch. And that's the third condition. It says the third condition, and think about how horrible the suffering and the tortures and the smell and the suffocating of all those who are damned into this forever, and the despair and the hatred and the fighting and the bickering and the screaming and unending. But the third condition is that it will never change. If you have cancer, you have the hope that's the a change at death. If you ran over my car and you know you're dying, you have the hope death will relieve that pain. The body goes and the soul cleaves to heaven in purgatory. If you're in the lowest pit in purgatory, which is Saints tell us this is right next to hell, the suffering's similar to it, the lower you get into purgatory, you still know you're gonna get out of there. But to know that you're in this and there's no possibility of ever leaving and that your condition will never change, is very, very frightening for souls. So how strong are we in our witness? How have we gone toward people and being something that is a stone for them, being something that would help them lean on, that could be an example, an example in a sense that they would be Look into us to change and amend their ways. If we were that way and we were somebody who could, who could be leaned on, this helps you in them. There's no mountains out there. There's nobody, nobody out there like a fountain bringing forth the way of the truth. All days come to make you that fountain. She's come to make you that we, people can lean on you in these troubled times. She wants you to be rock. Thomas Jefferson wrote, if you want to keep your history, write it in stone. You know, we as an individual are to leave this life not just on a tombstone, but as a living stone. We're the right way in troubled times. And these are the mountains we need to be leaning on, we need to look to. Our Lady wants you to be this as an apostle, this kind of strength.
6: Something mighty special. About old Mr. Thurman can't quote a lot of scripture. Now he'll never preach a sermon. But if you need a friend, you'll feel the love of God burning in him. them are quiet and strong as a mountain and some pour out the water of life like a fountain but all of them are rocks you can cling to when you're drowning and scared living stones, people we know that we can lean on living stones help us through troubled times when Yeah Two thousand years ago You can still hear the echoes Of the nails they drove Then just like he promised On the third day he rose again Living Stones People we know that we can lean on Living
7: Stones
6: Help us through troubled times
0: 1981, the Virgin Mary began appearing in a village in the former Yugoslavia called Medjugorje. The Virgin came because she said the world was in need of healing, of faith in God. She called herself the Queen of Peace. Every day since 1981, the Virgin Mary of Medjugorje has appeared to give a blessing for the world. Join us for a momentous event March 19th through the 23rd, 2011. Be in the presence of five apparitions of the Holy Virgin Mary, the Queen of Peace, when she appears to Medjugorje Visionary Maria Lunetti at Caritas, Alabama. Entrust yourself, your family, and your life to God through the Virgin Mary. For more information, call Caritas at 205-672-2000 205-672-2000 USA or visit medj.com spelled M-E-J dot com March 19th through the 23rd Apparitions of the Virgin Mary at Caritas, Alabama. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje.
4: You know, in the point of man God, Jesus speaks of Judas's perdition and his walk toward this, that he didn't just decide one day that he was turning against and betrayed Jesus, that he did this one step at a time. And so it is our Lady's coming to us to show us this path. She, she says walk. That you walk, they are walking to eternal perdition. You don't just jump, be saints, and then just decide I'm going to go induce one thing and I'm going to go to hell for it because I'm in mortal sin. A life of living that and turning away from God leads you to that. You know, sin's sin's not the problem. Sin's been resolved by God, God's or Jesus Christ's redemption and death on the cross. Which He gave us redemption through that. It cause forgiveness. Of course, effort not to do that again. But if you fail seventy times seven, he says you have to forgive. So God's God will do that. That's to one another, but God will always do this, even if you live a whole lifetime that way. But you don't get there except step by step. A lot of people think, well, I can do what I want to and live the way I want to, and then on my deathbed I'll do I'll 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 change. There was a priest once that went to somebody who was dying, that prayed for him, and they didn't want any priests there. He said, you call me when she's dying. And so they realized she was on her deathbed bed in the last moments of her life, and he brought her crucifix in there to her and just said, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Just lovingly look at the crucifix. And that's all you needed to be safe in the fires of hell. That's it. He didn't tell her that part. He just said, look lovingly at it. Just gaze at it. You don't have to say anything. But our is, you can live. A, one, one who lives a life the whole, all their life in sin, or your parents can go to heaven. So this whole drama is unfolding. The family had been praying for him. This crucifix is in front of this woman, and she stares at it for a moment, spits on it, and dies. So don't think you're going to have the grace to live the way you want to, and what is human, always before God, that you're going to change. Another priest who saw many, many people die in hospitals who worked there for years said that one thing he noticed is as people lived is how they died. Padre Pio talked about that when people died that you think Satan's just going to give you up. It's a great struggle. Satan comes in his last moments to take you and to give a rendering of the count and make you despair, make you think you can't turn, and it's useless to turn toward God. You're going to be lost anyway. The visionaries tell us when you die, you decide where you're going to go, heaven, hell, or purgatory. I spoke very detailed about this. It's fascinating. And you decide to go to hell. And because you know you have to say how you lived, you have to go the direction. You decide it. You make that decision with your life, with your life and the way you lived it, and then as truth firm or something like that might force you to say that, you you tell Jesus you reject him. And that's what divine mercy is for, that even after somebody's unconscious, that Jesus will even give them a last chance, that they just have some vestige of repentance. They can change that. But I'm saying this for you who think, well, you know, I can not worry about this vice. I'll just run a confession on it. You've got to do everything possible to amend your life. You've got to do everything possible to be a stone for someone else to change your life. An example he says and as the song says, be an example. And so we have a serious thing that makes Ellie grieve. And talking about hell, which we've never talked this much about hell on the, on the show, it's a reality. Visionaries also have said, those who go to hell begin already on earth. Those who go to heaven already begin heaven on earth if you live the messages. And we see those little in our community of the joys that we experience. And so you've got to start in your family the new culture of what the future will be Today not when it comes, not when everything's taken away, not through this exorcistic blessing that comes that's going to make everything fall that's not of God. And here it is, the says, I look at my children who persistently put what is human before what is of God. And my children who despite everything that surrounds them and despite all the signs that are sent to them think they can walk without my son. They cannot. And so it is, we've got this mentality without even realizing it. And it takes prayer. It takes fasting. That's why we're gathering today uh, in, in a couple of weeks, 15 days or so. Our Lady said something today, and I looked for what would be some kind of message to us because our message speak to every event, every project planned, everything that's going on in your life today and tomorrow and the next day and a year from now. She says, that is why I'm gathering you who are ready to open my, your heart to me. Our Lady is gathering people to come. People will be coming from Canada, California, Maine, Latin America. All 50 states. are is gathering you here. You don't know what you miss if you're not here. But once you come here and you are doubt about coming, you will be, almost feel fear that you almost didn't come. We're in the last apparitions on earth. You will lament for these moments you could have had and didn't. Our says when God comes, God gives a great opportunity. It would be sad for those who don't take it. We have never left or heard people left here after our five days events because what happens here when Maria's here is not like when they go visit somewhere for an apparition. People come this one afternoon. This is five days in the presence of Our Lady. All day you're preparing for the apparition. All day you're gathered there for her. You're there for that purpose. It's magical in the beginning days. It's beautiful. And, so we, and people come from all over the place. Most places they'll go, even in Italy, maybe just coming from two hours away, three hours away. People drive two days to get here. They fly from other countries to get here. And we didn't make this place. Our lady made it. She's done things here. She doesn't do outside of Medjugorje or any other place of vision has gone. And so our job is no job here. We just host you and we know our lady does the rest. And so that's why we're preparing for this great event for 54 days with the Novena. That's why next week, March 9th, we'll start a nine-day bread and water fast. If what you invest for spiritual profit is done with an open heart, The payoff is something beyond what you can even imagine. You can't, you don't know. So all these things should be contemplated. And we know that there's a lot of things that happen. There's much evil. The 17-year-old going to hell. We see these things and we don't have the answer. Why is there so much evil? Why is there so much pain? I know a lot of answers I didn't know through the messages now, the way I used to hear this. Why does God do this? Why does God allow that? God allow this. Well, we know now we choose those things. Or he has teachers, but there's still a lot of people out there, non-believers particularly, that don't know if there's a God, why is he allowed so much pain? I wish I knew the answer. wish I knew where I was going to go with an afterlife. I wish I knew if there is an afterlife. And so we have these things that we need to be looking at as stones for others to help them, through our example, to come and know the love of God. Be my apostles of my love to help me so that by your living, that by living God's love, you may be an example to those who do not know it. And this is, she says, May fasting and prayer, 54 day novena, the nine day fast we're about to do, may fasting and prayer, what for? To give you strength. For what? When I gather you. This is a message you can take down here when you get here. May fasting and prayer give you strength in that I bless you in the name with the motherly blessing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You want that blessing? You can have it. In our in a particular way of spending five days with our lady. We've done it before. We've done it even on vacation when we've had Maria, and it's heaven. It's something you, you don't we don't have I can't describe it. But people are searching. Our time on this earth is getting shorter. We know by the physical reality of this culture, the economy Everything's getting closer, closer to where questions will be answered. And no one, when we get to heaven, will know all the answers.
6: Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know, but they do. And why is this world full of so much evil And so much pain I wish I knew When I see God I'm gonna ask Him But I don't know when that'll be But I'm One day closer to one day knowing all the answers I've been searching for. My time on earth is getting shorter and my list of questions keeps on growing. One day closer To one day no end Why is life down here such a struggle Trouble's all I've ever known When I die, will I go to heaven, and will it be like going home? Will my lost loved ones be there waiting, there's no way to know right now. One day closer To one day Knowing All the answers I've been Searching for My time On earth Is getting Shorter and my List of questions Keeps on growing But I'm One day closer To one day knowing how it feels To stand among the angels And why sometimes they don't intervene Yeah, I'm One day closer To one day knowing All the answers I've been searching for My time on earth Is getting shorter And my list of questions Keeps on going But I'm one day closer To one day
3: wanted to comment on the February 25th 2011 message and remember in the radio program that you said this 25th message will be the message that we will be under when Our Lady comes in March for the five days of prayer. The message saying nature is awakening and on the trees the first buds are seen. Well, Just two days after that message was given the first blooms came out on many trees in our surroundings. And it's, it, again, beautiful to see the actual words of Our Lady given on a 25th message and seeing the reality right before our eyes. So we had an anticipation to look and see in this message today what Our Lady would say. And as you said, Our Lady says, I'm gathering you. But it's, it's more than that. We're about to enter into a nine-day uh-huh. fast. Our Lady says... Prayer and fasting will give you the strength to live what I'm telling you to live. And she um, is, for for me, I think, and I would like you to comment on this, there's so many people that have been praying for this. We recently um, got the information from our downloads with the 54-Day Rosary Novena that more than 5,000 people downloaded this novena. And... Uh, So, And that's not even to say how many we are sending out from here, how how many people are responding to this prayer. Um, And what is the whole prayer of this novena is to open our hearts to Our Lady that she can give to us what she wants to give to us. And she's saying here, those who are ready to be apostles of love. On our school wall, we have in big letters, Be Ready, Our Lady's message from last year. And here she's saying, you who are ready to be my apostles of blood. There's so many connections that we see that we know that this these five days will be great blessings for all those who come and those who are with us in spirit.
4: Well, we have really actually tens of thousands praying now because we, that's not what we mailed out. That's just downloads. And I think the number is even larger than that because uh, that was about a week ago. It was over 5,500, so we know it's well over 6,000 by now. The joy of that is everybody's praying this 54 novena is with you uh, we, we've had to reprint them we've had to keep, keep them going out so we I don't want to ever have a lady come here without the best preparation which of course that's our heart our soul confession and our lady just come here. And we we purify our community. I purify ourselves by our workload. Our workload is un, unrelenting, unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it if you saw. Uh, if we told you, you, you you have to see it. The volunteers that come here can't believe it. And uh, unending hours, unstop. Of course, we got the retooling. We got many things going on. But this is beautiful in that we can bring this to our Lady. That we we warn warn from this the body, but the soul can rejoice that we can do these sacrifices for Our Lady. And then end it with the nine-day fast is, is something very powerful. So this is in thanksgiving for what Our Lady has given to us. And Our Lady, you know, in this message to end and close with this, is, is of course, this humanness, when we're precisely when we're following what is human, not what is God, means that we become God. You know, if, if our God, if you were God for one day, and you have these people crying out for this intention for this or defying or blaspheming all around the world, six and a half billion people. And one day, you you had all the power of God. He said, okay, today you're God. Jim, here, I give you all my authority. What would the world end up looking like at the end of the day? probably wouldn't even exist. It wouldn't exist. We, we, we would not be able to do what God does, even with his authority. And so if I were you, god you know i would have given up on me a long time ago and that giving up on us is what our lady hasn't done she's continued kind of saying by the thorns of my son's head he can heal you continue to say you know showing us that she's she says that she's tireless and coming toward us she spoke about her tenderness we've seen her tenderness toward us She's unrelenting in chasing you and pursuing you and encouraging you so that you won't have to have that third condition in hell of never escaping it. The absence of God, the loss, the perpetual remorse of your conscience, the third is that one's condition will never change. Horrible, horrible despair because you know there's nothing to have hope for. Our lady's coming to give us this and we need to quit thinking we are God and let God be God and follow him that if I were you God I would have given up me a long time ago and thank God our lady hasn't for this perfect plan she has
7: If I were you I would have given up on me Lord before you formed this world, you had a perfect plan. And now. I-
4: This is what you'll feel when you come to see Our Lady, her unrelenting love and her tender touch. We have a show tomorrow, Medianomics. It's a weekly show. Many, many people listen to it. It's very, very important information about what it is you do in your daily life, the conditions of the world today. The audience is growing worldwide. The next show after that is March 18th, Mariana's annual apparition. It's a major apparition. It's her day that she was received for the rest of her life, Ali's apparition. So we leave you with these things, and we want to approach you with with these words of asking lady to heal you, to come here, and for her to hold you, for her not to let you go in your life and your needs. She cares for this. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night.